Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everyone, as you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It is episode 72 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast. Travis here. Got Jarrett, and we are ready for a semi-sportsless episode. Probably one of the first of 72 we've ever brought to you guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, as you could tell by the intro there, Travis has kind of done some foreshadowing. We are going to be talking about the infamous Tiger King documentary that released on Netflix, I believe, last week. Uh, We both watched it. I convinced Travis to watch it because we th- I thought we needed to talk about it on the podcast. And here we are. I mean, there's a lot of, first and foremost, I want to apologize for my audio. I literally bought a mic, and it's been working all week for my work calls. And, of course, like fucking right when we hop on the, the Zoom meeting to do this, it's not working. So I'm trying to get my audio issues figured out. But anyway, Tiger Documentary. Um, maybe, maybe if you try backing up, it might be a little clearer. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds a lot better. It does? Yeah. Sound like you're about to come through my mic and lick my ear. Yeah, well, literally, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm using the computer audio, so I probably sound like ass, but whatever. I can maybe do something. Anyway, Tiger King documentary. So, um, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. We obviously can't cover everything because, I mean, every single episode of that documentary was like I was watching something that even a movie director couldn't even script up. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty good. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend watching it. Well, definitely because spoilers are coming up. That or just fast forward because spoilers are coming. Yeah, I will say that a lot, um, a lot of people are talking it up like it was absolutely the best thing since sliced bread. But I will say, while it was good, I think they could have done a way better job of telling the story and going about things. I think that they bounced around so much that it was kind of almost hard to tell what was happening and like the timeline of the whole situation. They did go like back and forth between like, you know, they showed Joe when he's obviously in prison, they had like the, they play the phone calls of him in prison. And then they have them spending an entire episode on talking about Carol killing her husband. I feel like it was a bit overkill, but which brings me to our first point. Did she kill him? I mean, 
I, I mean, I don't know. It's almost like one of those things that's like they never really found out. So, well, they actually, did you see, they actually just reopened the case. They, they reopened the case, yeah, I think either yesterday or today. But either way, it's like, I, I mean, what else could have happened to him? The man just disappeared and they never found his body. Yeah, when they were like interviewing his like ex wife and his daughters, which by the way, like this entire thing, like every fucking character in this documentary, like it literally seems like they're out of like some fake scripted reality show, but this is real fucking life. Um, and I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just, she, she gives me major heebie jeebie vibes. Like she's fucking creepy as hell. She is creepy, but in the, in the whole grand scheme of things, like it's funny. I like, Oh, fucking bitch, Carol Baskin. But it's like, really, did she even do that much? My thing is like, she, was trying to claim to be this like tiger animal advocate when she was doing the same exact fucking thing. If anything, Luke's almost eye. worse. Cause the cages that she had were tiny, horrible. And then she wasn't paying her workers. Like remember that she's like explaining like how they get leveled up and like earn their different <laughs> yeah. shirts. Like you have to volunteer for two years, become like a blue member. And there were still two more levels after that. I'm like, this is a fucking cult. Like she literally led a cult. Yeah. I mean, was it her or was it Joe? where the workers were getting paid like a hundred dollars a week or was that, that was, Joe? Or that, was, that was Doc Ansel. That, that's who it was. That which, by the way, that guy also creepier than fucking Joe exotic. Yeah. That guy's a weirdo. He rides around, riding around on elephant, taking the elephant through rivers and shit. And then had, had like, like 13 wives or some shit like that. And then at the end of the documentary, whenever Joe, like just, by the way, Joe gets arrested Starts throwing everyone under the fucking bus, which is exactly what I would do. And if this shit is true about Doc Antle euthanizing tigers, baby tiger cubs, like fuck that guy. And then, Um, which leads to the thing about the worst person in this entire scenario. And it could potentially be Joe Exotic if the whole thing about him killing those five tigers was true. Like, were they sick or did he just kill them and bury them? Because he did show that, that one scene was shown where they attacked his shoe and then he started shooting at him. Well, he was shooting to get, to get him away. Obviously. Yeah. But no still one was fucking helping him. Like nobody. Oh, are you going to jump in there and break that up? No, but I'm just saying like, you could have like, have you seen some of the other scenes in it where they, they spray like the fire hose to get, to get like the tigers off them and shit. Yeah. Like, no one did any of that. Like, even his campaign manager. And um, so, I still think Doc Yantle's the worst person in this in this documentary. Like, he's just... Oh, I, I, got, I got major creeper vibes from episode two. And then when they found out his... At the end of this, at the end of this documentary, he found out his shit got raided. Literally, this past December. Like, his whole... Did you see that? Like, his uh-huh. whole place got raided. He hasn't admitted to that. Hasn't done any interviews about euthanizing type. Because basically, once the Tigers got past the Cub stage and he couldn't pay for them to pay for people paid to get pet, to pet them. Yeah. He organized them. Yeah. Like, he would kill like fucking Hitler. I think, I think one of the worst, actually the worst person in this scenario is Howard Baskin. That fucking simp. And this is why, because I don't think any of this happens if it isn't for him, because Carol wouldn't have pursued legal action against Joe he wouldn't have had to go out and like sell his 
farm or zoo and, Lowe, get fucking, and get fucking Jeff Lowe involved. You wouldn't have had to do anything if it weren't for Howard Baskin coming in on his little chain and his little tiger costume. That's what I'm saying. Doing everything that Carol asked him to do. Fucking sip of the year, that guy, man. I mean, talk about a creepy dude. Yeah. It, That's a dude, creepy man. That scene where, like, in the very last episode where he sings to her, I'm like, bro, this guy is just. Yeah, so I think I think he's the worst person far and away. Yeah, that is. So, obviously, we've talked about a lot. If you watch the documentary, you know what we're talking about. If not, you need to go watch it now. But, um, like, what do you think about what do you think about burning the, the TV studio? Like, do you, like, who do you think burned that down? Because I have my own opinion about it, but I honestly think that either Joe did it or he hired someone to do it. Yeah, dude. Whenever he, like the, when he's in that meeting with his lawyer and his lawyer's like, you see what I'm saying? He's like, yeah. I mean, he was, he claimed that he was out of town. Yeah. So that way it would look like he didn't do it. And all the evidence of him doing all that stupid shit was in there. Oh yeah, I I, I think I do think Joe had a hand in that. Um, and by no means is Joe an innocent guy, but I don't think he's the worst person in this scenario by any stretch of the measure. Um, Jeff Lowe, what are your thoughts about Jeff Lowe? Like that guy to me is this dude's guy. just a weirdo. Well, he like swing. He they swing, don't they? They're swingers. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, his girlfriend, wife, whatever they are, like pretty good looking people, but they go to Vegas on the weekends and have like their little tiger bus where they commute people around. They can pet tigers and they're swingers. This dude's just a weirdo. I mean, he's a fucking con man. He doesn't even have that much money. Like he cons everyone out of everything. And yeah, like at the end when they went to go set up that new zoo on like the Texas Oklahoma border or whatever it was, like he was just using that guy. Yeah. To set up that zoo. The dude has no money. He has the stupidest looking fucking goatee. <laughs> little little razor thin gray goatee around his mouth. It looks like he's I don't know. He I yeah, just man, like, he's a scumbag. That guy's got his day coming for sure. Like his day is coming. Like in something and all this. And like I honestly believe like do you believe Joe was set up? by him and that other guy the guy that was quote-unquote supposed to kill carol i don't know i mean (laughs) with as much shit that went down it does not surprise me at all that joe is in prison and that he would have hired that allen guy to kill carol but i mean something weird was going on in there apparently a lot of the workers were saying claiming that they were having these talks with while joe was in his office about setting allen up to kill carol and all this stuff so I definitely think that it could have been framed on him. But yeah. in the end of things, like, obviously, he's going to be the one that gets blamed with it. And he is. But, but I mean, like, I, I saw that, like, Jeff Lowe, like, you see Jeff Lowe, like, he says Jeff Lowe, like, told me to pay him the money to get him out of there. Like, it, Joe Exotic says, like, you know, he was having problems with that Allen guy. They didn't get along. Jeff Lowe was in Vegas. And Jeff owned the zoo. And Jeff was like, hey, like, you know, just it's probably best he goes back to South Carolina where he's from, pay him three grand and send him on his way. And that's what he did. Then he lied about being in Florida. He's never I don't know, man. Just it smells weird to me. And when it came to the trial, they didn't like interview, they didn't put the guy on the stand that had been there for fourteen years, the guy with no legs. They didn't yeah. 
put him on the stand. They didn't put the girl that lost her arm on the stand, which lo- the most loyal motherfucker on the face of the planet. They didn't put her on the stand. So it was weird to me that they didn't interview those people at all. Yeah, and to go with that, like the uh, Jeff was the one that was on like Google Maps looking up the mm-hmm. road. Google satelliting like where they could get a shot off on Carol from across the way. Yeah. Like how fuck up fucked up in the head do you have to be to look that shit up? I don't know. Um it's just it's wild. So I I don't the more I think about it, the more I think that he didn't hire him to kill her. Yeah. Because I think that he would probably would have just wanted to do it himself. Well like and then like Doc Antle says it best. He goes you're not going to hire somebody for $3,000 to go across the country to murder somebody. He oh, goes, yeah, it's going to cost thousands yeah. and thousands. He goes, you probably could do that for 30000 He goes, you probably look, look like a $100,000 job. He goes, and Jeff, and he goes, and Joe was not that stupid. He goes, he would not have paid somebody three fucking grand to go across the country to kill somebody. Like, I don't know, it's just, it, the whole thing's weird. Like, this whole big cat ownership thing in the in America is, it was wild to me. What I did not see coming I saw it coming as it was happening was when Travis killed himself. So I have a little insight on this that I wanted to mention. Apparently they did kind of a shitty job of telling the story and they, they did did it again backwards where it was like they mentioned something and then they showed him killing himself later. So apparently remember whenever they said that, he, was, he would joke around all the time and he had that Ruger and he would say that, oh, it won't fire with the clip not in it. Oh. So apparently that was that time when he said that. And he was like, oh, it doesn't have a clip in it. It won't fire. And he was joking around, maybe not at the same time. Put it up to his head without the clip in it and it fired and it killed him. Well, yeah, because the campaign manager like was sitting there like, by the way, that guy probably saw some shit in his year and a half. Work. Yeah. I mean, good like, gravy. The expression on his face, like, because in the documentary, you can't see Travis and camera. You see, like, the, the flash go off. And then the campaign manager's like, what the fuck? Like, he's just, like, freaking the fuck out. Yeah. So, apparently, they made it sound a lot, like, worse off than it was. I mean, obviously, he died. But they made it sound like, oh, he just walked in and shot himself in the head, like, blatantly in front of everyone. I don't think he was trying to do that. But why is Joe as a gay man trying to hook up with all these straight dudes. I don't know how many gay dudes you're going to find roaming around the rural area of Oklahoma. I mean, the last, the last dude he got married to was hundred percent gay. Yeah, that's true. Which again, who is a guy our age? Don't know what, I don't know what he does. Like he just lures them in with meth and just wants to hook up with yeah. them, which again is super weird and super, not cool on Joe's part, obviously. Like he's taking these guys, the first two weren't gay. Yeah. They weren't gay men. And he's just like, hey, like you're gonna marry me and you get all the meth and whatever you want. Fucking guns and four wheelers and you can see they showed that clip where it was like a dash cam. They were like in the woods on four wheelers and like Travis got off and he like brought him in to kiss him and he was like totally not having it, but he did it anyway. It was just some of the most awkward stuff I've ever seen. Yeah. So anyway, to sum it up, Jeff Lowe's a con artist. Doc Antle's a fucking creeper. Howard Baskin is a fucking simp. <laughs> Killed her husband. And Joe might be innocent. But, but it's still a certified psycho. 
They're all certified psychos. Everyone in that fucking ring, in that private zoo tiger ownership shit, they're all fucking certified psychos. All of them. I know. I'd say the dude with no legs and the girl with one arm are decently normal. That girl with one arm, I would be pissed. She legitimately lost her fucking arm. But that is half on her because they were like, oh, we can do a two-year rehab. You can have your arm. And she's like, nope, just chop the fucking yeah. thing off. You, do, you fucking end it. Break it, Pepe Le Pew. And then fucking, have you seen the memes? Because like right after that happens, Joe comes in and he's like, I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> yes, man. And the memes of people Story like, of my life. Memes people like me during COVID-19. <laughs> no, me during college football season. That's what it is. I'm going to never financially. I mean, there's tons of memes out there. And the outro song. What about him being a country music artist? I mean, I've heard worse music. <laughs> yeah. If we're being honest. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Ah, uh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. I, I have heard worse music. I heard worse country music. No, what he looks like, me, <laughs> we were sitting there and I was like, you know, with that cowboy hat on, he kind of looks like Kenny Chesney. And Ashley goes, no, dude, he looks just like Trace Atkins. So look it up, and dude, it, it's pretty close. Pretty spot on with that cowboy hat on. Oh, boy. So um, if you haven't seen Tiger King, you got to go get a hold of that because it's pretty good. Yeah. So the next thing we're going to talk about is really the only like sports <laughs> going on right now. And I'm gonna let Travis take this away because he's, yeah, so <laughs> I, I saw it. I saw it on Twitter, but I didn't know what the fuck it was. So I stumbled it. across this this weekend because they had it on TV, and I read it beforehand. It is the NASCAR iRacing, which is essentially like video games for these NASCAR people. Like I didn't know they had this iRacing outside of NASCAR, but I guess now they're bringing in these professional NASCAR racers to do like this iRacing stuff. And I was like, what are they doing? Just holding the Xbox PlayStation controllers playing? No, they have these like huge simulated rigs that like is almost like they're in a car, but they're just in a seat and they have the steering wheel and the pedals and like everything else. A lot of them have like three screens up 
like one's like the passenger side window one's like the driver's side and you got the front and like it looks pretty damn legit if you haven't seen it or looked into it i definitely recommend looking at it and looking at the videos it was on fox sports one drew the biggest esports television viewership ever it was like nine hundred ninety thousand last weekend and uh it's really funny too because like all the racers who are good in real life suck ass at this because they're just not good at video games or anything. It's like all the younger guys that are doing good and it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, I know uh, Clint Boyer was having issues last weekend. I saw him tweeting at Stuart Bet El Presidente about it. So uh, yeah, and I'm not sure like the full uh, rules or everything, but you get like one wreck like if you wreck you can get back in and go again but if you wreck get your car again you're out and i know one guy just this past weekend got disqualified for trying to wreck somebody (laughs) which which would be me in the video game like just trying to pit maneuver these motherfuckers Um, because you might kill somebody so yeah no shit so he's like screw it and like all these race like it's it's pretty cool looking look into it there's actually a race going on right now they're Racing at Bristol tonight. Interesting. At, at Bristol. Yeah. In air quotations. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet. The graphics are legit. And I mean, I could get on board with it. There we go. All right. We'll check out iRacing. E, e NASCAR iRacing or some shit like that. Yeah. E NASCAR iRacing. I'm going to have to check in that. You can actually bet on it too, but I don't know how that fucking works. Anyway, <laughs> um, going into some more. Obviously, with the COVID-19 and the self-quarantines and the stay-at-home orders going all across the country, actually, our county that we live in just enacted it this week. It's going to take effect on, I guess, technically midnight on Friday, so late Thursday night. Um, We've had a lot of time to just sit down and fucking either dick around or watch TV. I tell you what, I'm I'm not really, like, obviously, I want this all to go away. But I'm not complaining too much because I've saved a butt ton of money. I have groceries stocked in my house and a bunch of alcohol. So that's my, I, I, I could think of worse things. I could think of worse things to happen. Like us living in rural Missouri is pretty nice. Like I can still go for a walk around my lake and shit. <coughs> but eventually, it's gonna come to a point. Like man, I miss going out and like just on a Saturday. Like hey, let's go. Like. I'm, I'm married, so it's going to sound super married, but hey, let's go to Target and go out to lunch and grab some beers at a brewery or something like that. Like, we can't do that right now. Oh, yeah, dude. I just miss, I honestly just miss going to like not cooking and just going sitting down at a restaurant. Right? Because tonight I was like, you know what? We're getting groceries this week. I just want to go pick some. I didn't. We had to go call, make sure they were open. Go place an order, pick up food, bring it home, eat it. It's just such a pain in the ass. Did you did you disinfect it when you got home? No, I just ate it because whatever. Every time we, we go to the dollar store now or like the gas station, anything we bring home, it gets disinfected. And like when I use my debit card, I disinfect the show that. Oh, well, that's funny because you can't find disinfectant anywhere, which right? makes me so mad. If you didn't clean your house before – and then you're going to the store and buying like all these Clorox wipes. What are you going to do with them? Pour them and clean your house extra. No. And then the fucking, and then the toilet paper thing, the paper towel thing. Like I literally went to the dollar store today and they had, there was literally two packs of paper towels left. No toilet paper, paper towels. 
and they're the Dollar General knockoff brand single single fucking ones. So I had to buy two single rolls of fucking paper towels. I don't understand. Yeah, like local grocery stores around here, they are like they're out of Clorox wipes when you go, but they have a sign on it that says limiting to four per customer. Who the hell needs to buy four Clorox wipes at one time? Unless your house is, I don't know, man. We go through a lot of Clorox wipes here because we have dogs and we do you know, buying we, four at a time. Like, we I, wipe I down like the pack of four. I don't know. This pack of three, but still. Anyway, with all this going on, like Travis said, it's not the not the worst thing in the world. I'm hoping it's all settles down by summer because we both have had vacation and time off plans been fucked by it. Um, we've obviously been able to watch a lot of Netflix, Hulu, whatever. So I just wanted to throw it out there: three series or three something movies, whatever. What is what is what should people watch right now? If they I go first. Watch? Me go first. I go first. Okay. Because I don't want you to steal one of mine. My number one that you need to watch shows, documentaries, whatever it may be. Um, Hulu, Dave. Yeah, that was mine. That was one of mine. Yeah, I mean you had you had to have it. It's fucking and hilarious. For those of you who don't know. The Lil Dicky, the rapper, whatever music artist, what do you you want to call him, uh, has his own. I guess it's documentary ish. Not really. Based. It's, it's loosely, loosely based off his life. Yeah, I mean he has some things that really happen, but uh, they're twenty two minute long episodes once a week. It's it's pretty funny. Um, I mean, I I died laughing by myself at the first four episodes. So now, that's what I said. Like, like, dude, some of the episodes, like, I I don't usually laugh. The only thing I've ever laughed out loud at by myself ever has been The Office and Parks and Rec. And I like, I was in tears, in tears on the third episode. Like, who the hell is Todd Dillerson? <laughs> that was episode four. Oh man, yeah, but, but like, yeah, like that is probably my number one to watch right now is Dave. Yeah, that was uh, that was on my list, but I'll go to I'll go to what I had, and if you guys have HBO or HBO Go, whatever, you need to check out The Outsider. Um, it's got it's a Jason Bateman produced TV series. Um, it's a lim- it was supposed to be a limited series, but I think they're coming out with season two, and it's basically it's based off a Stephen King novel, so it has kind of like that. It's like crime, thriller, uh, you know, horror aspect, I guess. Uh, definitely keeps you on the edge of your seat. I was uncomfortable. I had the hair stand up on my arm a few times watching it. So if you're into that type of shit, definitely check it out. I'm not going to give too many details, but it's got Jason Bateman, Stephen King, and it keeps you, keeps you into it. Does Eric Church sing the theme song for that show? He does not. He does not. <laughs> the Outsiders? No. Um, I have one. <laughs> I have one that is not a show more than the, I mean it's already done and recorded. It's on Netflix. It's called 100 Humans. For those of you who have not watched it, gotta give a little shout out to a longtime college friend of mine and Jared's, David Jackson. He is in it actually. Human number 16. Uh, it's basically about they have a hundred humans, hundred of the same ones, and they do a bunch of like experiments and tests with them to find out kind of stereotypes and things about the human mind and how you think about things. Really cool to watch. So if you have some time, hundred humans, I think there's like seven or eight episodes, something like that. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I checked that out too. That's definitely pretty interesting. You know, just to kind of it's a good like um, good good stuff to turn on when you're like getting ready to go to bed. Like, yeah, keeps you interested, but it's not like you could binge it. Like, I'll I watch an episode every night before I go to bed. Um, that's a good one. So my second one was Hulu. I think I finished it in a few days, but yeah, my second one was Dave. So I'll go to my third one, and it's kind of a no brainer. Season three just dropped on Friday. It's Ozark. I mean, this show keeps getting better and better. We're about halfway through season three, and literally every fucking episode, I'm like, holy shit, what's going to happen? Again, another another Jason Bateman show. It's phenomenal. Um, and if you haven't watched it at all, no better time than the present to kind of start, start watching it. So I had, I've watched about the first six episodes of that. And not just that I wasn't interested. Jared knows how I am. I just can't really hang on to many series. He, he, he can't. He's kind of I'm like, just the worst at it. Like I could like it, and then it's just like, okay, find something else to do. I don't know what it is. It's probably my ADD kicking in. I don't know what it is. It's your ADD. I have. Like, I could sit down and watch like 10 episodes of a show in a day if I had time. Yeah, I mean, I did. I've done that with some episodes. I just don't know what it is. I don't know if it's these like kind of sci-fi thriller type shit that makes me not want to watch it all and binge it all. Which leads to my third one. It's one that I watched for a while and then just kind of haven't really picked back up. But I really want to because I liked it. Probably not giving you guys too much influence to go watch it. But it is the one hundred. I know I did a hundred humans. This is the 100 on Netflix. It's a documentary now, right? It's over. What? It's oh yeah, it's been over. Yeah. It's a show. It's like they have these juvenile teenagers. There was like a big downfall on Earth, so they're up in space, and they send all the juvenile teenagers down to scope out Earth before they all come down. Um, so it's like, hey, why not send huh. just the biggest pieces of shit down to see how it is? And it's pretty cool. There's six seasons. I'm a little over halfway, but I like it a lot. And uh, if you have nothing better to watch, you should check it out. Damn, that kind of sounds that kind of sounds up my alley. I would definitely maybe That's check cool. it out. So anyway, watch it. The binge on Netflix, not on net, Netflix, Netflix, who Netflix, New HBO porno. Go, Netflix. That's that's the porno subscription one. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so. That was a suggestion, by the way, by Lucas Rogers. Shout out Lucas Rogers. We asked you guys last week what you guys wanted to hear. He wanted to hear that. So there you go, Lucas. I'm sure you probably watched some of those, if not all of them. So if you haven't, go check them out. So we're going to roll into the sports element because I don't count the e-NASCAR iRacing as a sports element. We're going to roll into the sports element of the two drivers in the podcast. And by the way, what day are we on without any – American sports because it feels like it's been a fucking eternity. Um, I think they were canceled. What would that have been? The Thursday before the, the conference tournament. Yeah, so the conference tournament Thursday. So that would have been the twelfth. I think the twelfth of March. It's only been two and a half weeks. Hey, that's a long time though. Man, and those we're gonna get it back. Because this, so no no so uh, this this is a free ball question. When do you think we're gonna get it back? Because I was talking with a buddy on Twitter the other day, and first of all, Kirk Herbstreit saying that they should cancel college football and football. He can fuck right off. That's way too far. Away. Oh yeah, that's way too far. But honestly, my thought of when we were gonna get it back 
to now because the Toronto just said there's no public events until June 30th. Okay, we'll ship all of them 30 miles south to Buffalo, and they can play there. I, I, I don't I think, think that's I don't think that's geographically correct. I think that would be Detroit. No, Toronto's on the East Coast. No, Toronto's above Detroit. Look, at, no way. I don't yes, it is. I don't yeah, it is. We're looking it's like up. anyway. An hour, uh, an hour northeast of Detroit. Anyway, I still think we're gonna get it sometime in June. But yeah, I think I don't know if the Maple Leafs are in contention for the playoffs, but I know the Raptors are. And then you got to think about the Blue Jays, like three of the sports that are going to be going on. You can't have public events till June thirtieth. Toronto's closer to Buffalo than Detroit, by the way. I don't believe you. Uh, you want me to? Okay. Google Maps directions: Toronto to Buffalo, New York. It is Toronto, Buffalo is an hour and forty-two minutes, ninety-eight miles. Toronto to it's like right in between them. Oh Toronto no, I slight. see what you mean now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Toronto, that's not that's almost four hours and two hundred and thirty miles. You're right. Yeah. I know. But it's not on the east coast of Canada. Pretty fucking close. I was thinking I was thinking Montreal and Ottawa were were where you were thinking, but either way. Because no, Buffalo maps. is the western part of New York. This is why we're not geography teachers. Yeah. Anyway, I still think we'll get it sometime in June. I don't know, though. I mean, I just had to fucking reschedule my vacation until later in June, so I'm kind of being optimistic. At least you got to reschedule yours. Mine got canceled. Yeah, it fucking sucks. I, I, I do think the warm weather will fucking kill this thing, too. That's just another opinion I think will happen. We've got Dr. Jarrett Ryan over here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22 shopify.com slash free 22. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so baseball season should be in full swing right now. Opening day was supposed to be last Thursday. Kind of sad. Didn't happen because as much as I hate how long baseball is, I love opening day and it just gets me pumped. Like I love baseballs. Travis and I's probably first sport we fell in love with. Um, oh, for sure. 
Yeah. I mean, and it's just something we – so in honor of opening day is supposed to be going on, on last week and baseball should be in full swing, I came up with a little something. And I've been wanting to do this for a while, and I finally found the reason to do it. So we're going to construct our dream baseball roster. This is this was so hard. It was tough. Dream baseball roster. <coughs> every and you have to pick a player from every every decade. So the starting with nineteen hundred. So nineteen hundred. Oh, yeah. wait a second. Every decade, I see that now. What'd you do? I just did. I thought we could go back just through any decade. Oh my god. Mine is gonna be a little fucky. I think I might have came close to it, though. Okay. Well, you might have to free ball it. But it, you have to pick one player from every decade, and you have to fill all the positions. So we're doing catcher, pitcher, obviously all the infield and outfielder positions. We're doing a DH, a middle reliever, and a closer. So I actually stuck to it because if you count up, that's 12 total positions. That's 12 decades, 1910, 1920, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. So, what, so hang on. What if they played through like two decades? You, that's fine. You have to pick them which decade they were best. I have multiple people like that. What the heck? I didn't I, – I couldn't do that. That would take me days. It took me like two hours. What decade did they were best in? Half these dudes played for like in between three decades. All right, we'll just take some of those dudes that played between three decades and just divvy them up. We'll figure it out. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. Um, you you said 11 idiot. decades, right? That would just be like the best fucking team of all time then. If that... Yeah, that's, that's what I got, which was still impossible. All right. How do you want you – so since you didn't do this correctly – want... I mean, I'll start it off and we'll – I can kind of – mine's going to be close. I mean, I have some older, some newer, some like middle in between. Okay. I'll, what I'll, I was going to do is I was going to say we can go by a decade, like start in the 1900s and go up from there or just go by position. How do you want to do it? We're going to go by position. That's the best way. All right. So you'll start with catcher then? Yeah, we'll start with catcher and I'll lead things off. Okay. Um. And I'm going to say my best catcher is going to be Yogi Berra. I also have Yogi Berra from the 1950s. I did mine in the we're, – we're going to roll with the 40s because that's what I have written down. Um, St. Louis native posted a 285 batting average, uh, 358 home runs, which I feel like is pretty damn good for a catcher. Mm-hmm. Dude was a 15-time All-Star Yep. Won 10 World Series. Yep. And let me put you put this into perspective for you about his, uh, I guess, defensive skills. The man threw out 403 base runners on him trying to steal. He threw out 49% of base runners trying to steal on him. To put it in perspective, Yadier Molina has only thrown out 345 at a 40% rate. I know it's a little bit different times. Yadi is higher above the league average than Yogi was in his time, but still throwing out 403 base runners, pretty impressive at 49%. Yeah. So you did Yogi Bear in the forties. I did Yogi Bear in the fifties. He was a three-time MVP in the fifties, won three world series in the fifties. And he was an all-star every single year. I mean, the dude was just the epitome of a fucking catcher. I mean, just, just a go-getter. So 
had the same catcher, which is interesting, which leads us into your your arsenal. Who's your starting pitcher? My starting pitcher, and don't even be surprised because I bet a lot of people are gonna be like, "That's outrageous." My starting pitcher is Clayton Kershaw in the 2010s. He will go down as one of the best starting pitchers in history. He has one, I think, one of the lowest, if not the lowest, ERA in starting pitchers ever. 2.44 ERA in 12 years pitch. Absolutely incredible. Don't blame him that he gets to the playoffs and doesn't do spectacular because I feel like that's where he catches a lot of flack for us in the playoffs. 100%. He's horrible in the playoffs. But, hey, man, the dude balls out all year. Like I said, I think he's like 15th all-time in ERA, and that's combined with closers and relievers, et cetera. And he's, the dude's already played 12 years. Not a horrible, so, not a horrible pick. It means we're going to have the same two – we're going to have different 2010s picks um, because my starting pitcher is Bob Gibson in the 1960s. He was okay. a six-time All-Star in that decade – he won two World Series in the 1960s, um, 64 and 67, was an MVP in both of those, and he won the NL MVP and the Cy Young Award in 1968. I mean, the dude just dominated that decade. He was phenomenal. I, there's another record he set in, I think, I think, the 67 World Series. I think he started and won three games in the 67 World Series. So just ultimate dominance. So Bob Gibson is my 1960s player at the starting pitching position. Okay, so kind of two crazy different timed starting pitchers. Now it's going to start to get interesting. We're going to roll through our infield and outfield positions. My first baseman, um, one that might be a little biased, but I feel like might be one of the best we, first basemen ever. We got, we got it too. We got the same one. Albert Pujols. 2000s? 2000s, Albert Pujols. Got to do it. He will go down as possibly the best first baseman of all time especially when you take into the fact the modern era of baseball and its competitiveness career 300 batting average so far in the two yeah. thousands is insane. Three Dude, times. That was crazy. Yeah. Three time MVP, 10 time all-star two world series rings. Nah, the second one was an 11. Oh yeah. You're right. You're right. One world series ring should be two, two gold, two gold gloves, two gold gloves. And I mean, the dude is just – he is a game changer in his prime, the best. Yeah. He hit – to add on to that, because I had the same one, our Pujols in the 2000s, he hit more than 30 home runs every single year in the 2000s, even his rookie year, and his lowest batting average was 312 in 2002. That is fucking insane. Yeah, dude, that's, that's wild. Yeah. So, same one there. Let's roll into, into the two-bagger position. Who do you got playing second base? My second baseman, you might have the same. Uh, a man that I will respect, even though a lot of people don't, or some people don't, Pete Rose. I don't 19, know. So you have 1970s? 1970s Pete Rose holds the MLB records for games played, played appearances, at-bats, and hits. The dude was a brawler, probably one of the best players ever when it came down to the amount of effort that he gave, if you watch tape on Pete Rose, the dude went out there 110%, hustled every play. It's a damn shame that he can't be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. 
Shame on you, MLB commissioners. I mean, the dude was literally betting on himself to win baseball games. Yeah. And he won. Like, I don't know what's more impressive than that. I mean, I'm pissing myself I don't want Pete Rose on here, but I don't want Pete Rose. I love that pick, though. Absolutely love it. My second baseman is Rogers Hornsby from the 1920s. That was one of my top ones. Yeah. So another Cardinal. um, He bounced around and was in a few different teams, but he was a two-time MVP in the 20s, led the league in hits four times and RBIs four times in the 20s. I mean, just the ultimate players guy. And I don't know about you, but I don't have Babe Ruth in here for me. I don't. I think Babe Ruth. The dude walked like he had a corn cob stuck up his ass. Yeah, he was. He's over. I look. I was looking at his stats. I'm like, man, he's overrated. I'm not putting Babe Ruth in here. So, Rogers Hornsby is my 20s player for second base. So let's go into the three bagger position. Oh, we're going straight to three. Yeah. Oh man, can we not? Can we roll in the shortstop? I'm rolling down through my list of years here. Yeah, we got we got shortstop. You you want me to go first? Shorts, I have shortstop. I'm ready for shortstop. You have Honus Wagner. I have Honus Wagner, 1900s. Yep. Uh, I want to. I want to snag a T206 card from him. Get a couple mil in the bankroll. Yeah, no uh, shit. The dude has the rarest. For those of you who don't know, the rarest uh, baseball trading card ever. Yep. Don't know why, but it's pretty balling if you look at it. Also, the thing I have wrote down for him. The dude was a Swiss Army knife in in the baseball world. He played, I think, pretty much any position all over the field while posting a three twenty eight batting average, stealing over 700 bases, which ranks in the top 10 of all time in bases stolen. I mean, he is just – whatever you need the man to do, he'll do it. Yeah. He would have done it. He didn't hit below three thirty once in the 1900s. Yeah, I have it 19 to 1910, so the 1900s. Yeah. And he led the league in doubles five times, RBIs four times, like Travis said, like could do it all. Steal bases. He played the field well. They didn't get all gold gloves back then. Um, so there's no really way of telling like how great of a fielder he was. Um, but you know, he the chops were up there and like he, Travis said, he has the most rare baseball card of all time. So, um, so like while we have him at shortstop, the dude could also pretty much play. Yeah, he could play anywhere. But his main position was shortstop. Yeah, for sure. Well, third base. You want, you want me to go first? No, I got it down now. Okay. My third baseman is Cal Ripken Jr. From the 90s? From the 80s. Okay. He started his career in the 80s just, just to fit in with my 90s player later on. Cal Ripken Jr., I mean, you might not think like – stands out to you in the best third baseman ever as i mean he he didn't put out the most historical numbers in the stat columns i'll give it to you that but the games played position he had nine seasons in his career where he played all 162 games nine seasons the man played 2632 consecutive games in a row has the record as far as like reliability i'm going with cal rumpkin i don't hate that pick at all I did Mike Schmidt in the 1980s. Yep. Mike Schmidt's a good one. He won three. He was a three-time MVP in the 80s. Six gold gloves in a decade is, is in fucking insane. He also led the league in home runs five times in the 80s. Um, so, again, just an ultimate players guy, like, just stack the box in both the offensive and defensive categories. So, that's why I kind of went with him. He's my 80s pick for third base. All right. 
We're rolling into the outfield now. Left field. Left field. Um, so mine, I kind of cheated a little bit here. Not necessarily a designated left fielder, but I feel like they're almost kind of interchangeable. So I, I, I have one of these as well. I have okay. One. Okay. My other two are, are where they're supposed to be. I switched. This man was a designated center fielder, switched him to left field. It's Ty Cobb. So he's my right fielder. Okay. Ty Cobb, 1910s. Yep. Um, I'm pushing him over to left field for the purpose of him possibly being one of, if not the best outfielders in the history of the game. He had the best career batting average in the history of the MLB at 366. Also ranked fourth in steals all time with 897. I mean, you're, that's like your, what Ichiro Suzuki was. It's like double him. It's like Ty Cobb on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. So I'll go, you had him in left field. I had him in right field because he was dead in the center field. But I feel like we're going to play the, – the guy I have in center field is a much better fielder and more athletic than Ty Cobb. Maybe we have the same one. And I'm like, dude, I can't put Ty Cobb in center field. But he's got to be there for my 1910s player. So I put him in right because he could probably hack it today as a game in right field. Um, like Travis said, like he didn't – he won the MVP in 1910. Um, led the league in hits in five years in that decade. Also hit over 400 twice and didn't hit below 368 once. 368 once in the 1910, 1920 era. So pretty crazy. Um, so that's my right fielder, but I'll go ahead and jump in my left fielder like Travis just did. My left fielder is Barry Bonds in the 1990s. Um, because call me crazy, but I will take skinny, athletic Barry Bonds over roided out freak Barry Bonds, who hit 73 home runs every day of the week. Because um, guess what? A lot of people know this. Barry Bonds won eight gold gloves in the 90s. Eight. He won the gold glove eight out of ten years in the outfield. He also hit 30 home runs in every year except for one in the 90s. So, like I said, like he was just a Swiss Army knife. Like He was athletic. He was fast. He also stole a shit ton of bases, was in the 30-30 club multiple times. Um, so Barry Bonds in left field in the 90s was insane before he fucking started juicing up. Okay. I almost had Barry Bonds in there, but I didn't. I mean, when you look at just the historic outfielders, like, I mean, you could almost you, – you can't really go wrong with any ones that you no. pick. No. So Barry Bonds, good pick, even though I hate the dude. Yeah. Uh, good pick. Moving into center field, minus from the 90s, got Ken Griffey Jr. Love it. Ken Griffey Jr. played for 22 years, managed to rake up a 284 batting average within those great prime years where the MLB was starting to kick into the hitting era and the pitch, like just pure dominance in the MLB. One of the all-time greats player that I always love and respect and why I added him in there, not why, but another reason. I actually got to shake Ken Griffey's hand in one of his last seasons that he ever played for the Reds. If you've ever seen, it's kind of like the movie Hardball where all the kids are yelling at Sammy Sosa. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's winter time. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Uh, I think I was 12 years old walking around the, uh, we got to do like the thing where you walked around the field at Bush Stadium and we played the Reds that day. And we were all like, Griffey, Griffey. And he came over and he, he didn't have time to sign anything because he was late warming up, but he like shook our hands and it was like, it was a pretty cool moment. So yeah. Ken Griffey, my center fielder. Good deal. I like that one a lot. I love Ken Griffey. Thought about him, but I threw Barry Bonds, my 90s player. So here comes center field, my 2010s player. It's Mike Trout. Mm. Mike Trout. I mean, don't love it. I know you don't love it, but he is possibly the – he's obviously was the – like, name a player in this decade that no, – without a pitcher, was not Clayton Kershaw. That was better in the 2010s than Mike Trout was. You can't. No. Because he has hit only under 290 once, which is a rare these days. He's hit 30 or more home runs in six out of the eight seasons in the 2010s, and he's a hell of a fielder with a fucking cannon for an arm. Um, I mean, just, that's the thing. It's just that pitchers are getting so much better that it's making modern-day hitters less valuable. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why, that's why I threw him in here because, like, modern-day, he's the best hitter out there, and he's also a hell of a fielder. He's a t- total five-tool player, and he can steal. He's got speed. Um, so 2010s, when I boiled it down, I just had to go with Mike Trout, and I put him in center field. All right. Puts him in the center field. We get, move on to our last outfielder before we roll into our – Well, mine has already been said as Ty Cobb in right field. but Yours is Ty Cobb. Mine is in the 50s. Mine is Hank Aaron. Love it. I Hank Aaron. Most I'm RBIs in total bases. What? I'm pissed I couldn't get Hank Aaron in here. Most RBIs in total bases in the history of an MLB career. This outfield rounds out Griffey, Aaron, Cobb, pure athleticism, power, speed, all you need. 1950s Hank Aaron. Love it. We're going to roll in the DH then. My DH. Going to be a, kind of a controversial one, but I had to throw this guy in here, and he didn't really fit it. He's like – he kind of played a lot of positions in his career, so I thought DH was the best for him. Stan Musial in the 1940s. Dude, I had him, but I couldn't, I couldn't because I had already had my 40s guy taken up and Yogi Berra. Yeah, dude, he fucking, I mean, like, he played first base, he played outfield, so I'm like, DH is perfect for him. He never won a gold glove, but he's a force with the bat. Three-time MVP in the 40s, with taking a year off to go serve our country, respect. Um, and was an all-star every single year in the 40s, minus that year he went to go serve overseas. Um, led the league in hits for five years. Um, didn't have, like, typical power like a DH, but he hit for average and led, and like, so the RBIs were insane as well. So Stan Musial, my my DH in the 1940s. 
Yep, like I said, I just had to, now that Jarrett sprung on this little tweet because my ass can't read right, I had to delete him. But instead, I found someone who I think can replace the unusual pretty well. Um, They're in the 40s as well. My DH is Ted Williams. Yep. In the 40s, the man was insane. I think he led the league. He did. He led the league in on-base percentage every year he played in the 40s. He he actually left for three seasons for military service. Yep. Uh, for 43 to 45. But he leads – he has the most on-base – or the best on-base percentage in the history of the MLB. The dude was an absolute stud. And what more do you need? and a DH than to get on base. Yep, exactly, exactly. I was also pissed I couldn't include Ted Williams either because I was either Ted Williams in the 40s or 50s, and I had Stan Musial and Yogi Berra for mine. So, um, you know, he was also frozen. He froze himself just in case he can ever come back to life. When... What? That's not real. Yeah, look it up. He froze himself. Yep. Like, before he died? I don't know all the exact specifics of it, but I was looking up his like his like baseball reference page, and it said like death, like frozen. So that's that's kind of odd. I don't really understand. Did he think that like in what? I mean, he died in. I mean, I guess he died in two thousand two. Holy shit! The dude was eighty three years old. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's frozen though, kind of like Walt Disney. Yeah, buried. It says buried, frozen. Yep. Yep. That, like, my mind is, like, blown. Yeah. Walt Disney did the same shit. Anyway, um, we're going to roll into probably the two least sexy positions on here. So this is, I honestly, at the moment, don't have anything for these two because my only two years I have left are the 1920s and the 1930s. Yikes. That's not good. I don't think I, can, I don't think that's possible. Well, my middle my middle reliever is from the 30s, and it's this guy named Sill Johnson. He played for STL in Philly in the 30s, and he was. I've read this article. He's like the top one of the top three relievers all of all time, pre 1950, and he posted 80 strikeouts three times in the 30s. Started out as a starter, but moved to the bullpen. So, like you said, the 30s are like one of my ones like, I don't know what to fucking do. So, I threw him in there in middle reliever. Sill Johnson. Sill. Yep. I mean, I honestly, like, it's hard because a lot of these pitchers in the 20s and 30s, they don't, they didn't ever have closers and relievers. No. Like, and when you look at it, like a lot, a lot of the records for pitching will never be broken because from like 1890 to 1940, like all these players pitched an astronom, like an astronomical amount of innings because they just pitched like nine innings. Yeah, and astronomy in my games. Yeah, like in space. <laughs> <laughs> um, I honestly, I don't, I can't, I couldn't just find two pitchers. It doesn't matter to them. I don't have to be closers. Okay. Picks I mean, I the 20s. find someone from the twenties and thirties. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do my closer real quick. I'll try yeah, to find your closer. Reliever and closer. My closer, you'll like this one from the nineteen seventies. Raleigh Fingers. Hey, yep. he's from the seventies, right? Is that yep. what you said? Seventies. Raleigh Fingers. He like, had the uh, he had the, like the 
fucking Kingsman mustache where you yeah. like roll it up into a little curly cue. The curly ass mustache. So, um, you know, I was looking up again, you look at the best color. Like I honestly thought about putting Mariano Rivera here from the two thousands. I thought about that. Um, I thought about Trevor Hoffman. Um, but Raleigh fingers to me, I, I thought there was better players in the two thousands and in the seventies, like, yeah, you could have picked Pete Rose or somebody like that, but, um, I plugged somewhere else. So I did Raleigh fingers from the seventies. He led the league in saves in 77 and 78 with 35 and 37. It was like kind of like Travis, like the first true closer that kind of came around in, in major league baseball. So kind of paved the way for the Mariano Rivera's and the fucking Aroldis Chapman's and the Trevor Hoffman's of the world today. So Raleigh fingers is my closer from the 1970s. And I'm hoping I'm rambling long enough for Travis to find a middle reliever Dude, these pitchers in the 1920s were dog shit. Like, absolute dog shit. Apparently the best one that came up was this guy named Wait Hoyt, who pitched for the Yankees for a lot of his career. And he had a 3.59 ERA, and he was the best pitcher in the 1920s. Babe Ruth Ruth was a pitcher. Yeah, I guess. I mean, outside, I mean, I'm not gonna find one for the 1920s and 30s, um, because just go ahead, just go ahead and throw out what you 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 did most of it pretty well. So yeah, I mean, I had my middle reliever at Bruce Suter. Yep. So I mean, the dude was great, member of the Cardinals and Cubs. I think we can all come to agreement with the Hub Chicago people that he was a baller and he was a great pitcher. Yep. No, you don't, and he only had only had 300 saves but you don't need that many saves when you reach and there's no one better that you could have picked that's going to top the best closer ever mariana rivera yep i mean that's who i had because i mean when you think of oh who do i want as my closer like this is the best guy ever so trevor hoffman was pretty good too though trevor hoffman was good mariana rivera passed him up in 2011 i think it was and saves the, I mean, Mariano Rivera pitched 1,283 innings as a closer. Imagine how much you would have had if you went to fucking Torres Achilles fucking field them goddamn uh, fly ball practice or batting practice before that game. That He was out the whole season. Yeah, what, that was the second to last season. Yeah, he fucking Torres Achilles trying to catch a fucking around. Playing he only had four around. saves that year. What? He only he had he had four saves that year, and that's I'm pretty sure that's probably why he came back his second year. Yeah, I mean he had like 44 the following year, so it's like, how much longer could the dude have kept going? I think he was like 43. Yeah, but that's our all-time MLB team. Even though Travis didn't really pay attention to the hey, I I other than the middle middle reliever and closer, all of my players worked out. I didn't have to change one. Yeah, you have to post a little like a diamond. Of all, of all of our players. Yeah, that'll be pretty sweet. I'll do that for sure. Yeah, so uh, I might. I've been this for a long time, and what better time now? Because that was one of my ideas for content. We have, so guys, when you guys are listening to this, it'll be Wednesday, April 1st. Um, the draft is supposed to happen on the 23rd. So we're going to do biweekly episodes until then. So our next episode is slated to be the 15th. We may just hold off and do the draft episode. I don't know. We'll talk about it, but we're going to try to keep pumping some stuff out for you. We know May is going to be a fucking grind because there's not going to be shit going on. So, 
Yeah, we're going to have to try to find whatever we can. Probably only going to be one Except or two episodes. for sure. What? Bi- bi-weekly for sure. Yeah, I mean, our, we, we won't come out with another one until about mid, mid-April. And then maybe at the end of April, we're going to have to just play off how the NFL draft is going to go. Because last year's NFL draft, mock our mock draft episode, was fun as hell, so I want to be able to do that again. Oh, we're definitely doing that again. We're definitely doing that again. More video content coming your way, probably. Um, maybe the the McDonald's challenge that we did on Twitter. I don't know, man. Like that's a lot of food. Okay, well you can watch me do it because I can. Fuck no, I'll do it. But the four burgers. How, so what, what burgers were they? Were they quarter pounders or triple? I think there were in the picture, and we could maybe modify it and just do four quarter pounders rather than double quarter pounders because double's a lot. I think it was two. I think it was two doubles and and two and two singles. I I say we we hone it down just a smidge. Four quarter pounders with cheese, twenty nuggets, two medium fries, and four cokes. Dude, this, that's the problem. The fucking food isn't gonna fuck me up. It's gonna be the goddamn soda. Well, you have an hour and a half, bro. I don't. I. Four large Cokes. Those are larges, by the way. You can do Coke Zero. It's still like, it's just like the, ugh, I don't know. What you do? Be like Joey Chestnut and dip your shit in water. So if it's, if it's, I say we, I say it was four quarter pounders, 20 McNuggets. They had four fries in there. They only had two. Oh, two fries. Oh. In 90 minutes. Bro, Sunday. I could do. I think I could do, like the two quarter pounders, the ten nuggets, one fry. I could do half of it in like forty five minutes, and then I would have to take like a twenty minute break, and then just plow through the rest to make myself miserable the rest of the day. Yeah, that that that's the thing though. Like I can't. I won't be able to stop. Like I'll have to just go through it all, and then I'll probably fucking yak. That's probably what's gonna happen. We're gonna try. Tell me right now, you're underestimating the soda aspect of this. Fucking four sodas is gross, dude. I don't know, man. Because think about it. Like when I go and sit down at like a fast food joint, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna drink soda." Like I don't care because usually I don't drink a ton of soda. Like when I'm sitting there, I will get like three refills of like just a medium drink. See, I haven't done that, and I can't tell you how. I can't tell you how long. I think I don't think I've done it till like two weeks ago. See, I haven't done it in fucking probably five, ten years. Like, I'm not shitting you. Like, it's not that hard. When I go to a restaurant nowadays, now I get a beer, I'll have like one or two beers, and I'll drink water. I've never gone and got refills of the soda before. And so if, if I, you guys want to see this, you're going to have to have to fund this project because this is going to be about a $25 meal for both of us. <laughs> we should do something like if we can do it in a certain amount of time, like we should have people pledge money and we should donate it to like food banks or something like that for like this whole. Or coronavirus. Or like just something like help people, help, help people with COVID-19 because you and I are. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I mean. That's what I meant. Like, well, we'll, 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 let's kick the tires on that. I know we're rambling now, but that's how the episodes are going to go for like the next 60 days. So. At least. Get used to it. Yeah. It could no be sure. till July. Fuck. You never know. We don't know when sports are going to come back. But either way, check out the documentaries that we referred to you on Hulu, Netflix, and Jared's. Not only documentaries, just 
series and shows, series, whatever it is, Hulu, Netflix, HBO Go. And if one of you has MLB The Show, put together one of our teams and play a game and let us know how it goes because we don't get <laughs> If you could do that, that would be Pretty sweet. We, we have Xbox. We can't do that because, you know, Xbox problems. Tiger King's out. Other than that, we'll see you in a couple weeks. That's it. Peace out, guys. Take it easy. All the hunters to lay down their guns. Tell them that the tiger needs a little bit of love. Let them run the jungle. Let them roam their land. Then stand back and marvel. What a beautiful cat. Cause I saw a tiger. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.